bringing you cutting-edge insights from the world of technology. Join us to hear thought leaders explore the ever-evolving world of technology and telecoms to keep your industry knowledge up to the minute. You are listening to The Spearline Podcast. You have reached Sorry, a number, the number you have dialed is not in service, no longer in service. Welcome to this episode of The Spearline Podcast. On this episode, Josh and I are joined by Mike Palmer, Spearline's Chief Marketing Officer, and we chatted with some of the Spearline staff in their own home offices on how operations dealt with staff needing to work from home, any challenges they faced, and how the working environment could be forever changed. It makes for a great episode, so let's get started. In this episode, we talk to Spearline's Chief of Operations, Coleman McCaffrey, Procurement Manager, Elijah Cass, and Service Delivery Manager, Emer Collins. We started by asking Coleman how he feels about how Spearline was operationally ready for a transition like this where 100% of the workforce had to start working from home. I suppose we're in the lucky position that a lot of our actual work is is done online. Um, so you know, for many years now, we use, just as an example, we use um, the Google Suite for our, for our mail and for our um, document storage. So it means that we don't have you know servers and offices. We're we're all online, and so making that I suppose transition to everybody working from home um, and not being in the office environment in that sense um, has been made easier. You know, we also have a, a number of different offices. We both in Ireland and in Romania and India. So we're sort of used to not being across the table from each other and collaborating with each other remotely. So, you know, the, the transition for us hasn't been a, a massive disruption. You know, there's a little bit of um, getting used to the idea of, I suppose, being uh, on your own, sitting at the kitchen table as I am, and uh, getting used to, you know, how how that operates and you know, removing the, the distractions of, you know, the kids being around the house as well out of that. But I think at this stage, a couple of weeks into it, we're, we're getting used to it and we're getting used to the, the concept of it. And, you know, from my point of view, um, and I think from a, maybe from an operational standpoint, there isn't a, there isn't a massive disruption to our, to our business. Yeah, very good. I, I think what I picked up in the first few days of this whole experience, because but well, we were a couple of days ahead of the rest of the country. But as as the whole country kind of moved to home office, we began to experience what we were seeing through our own services that we provide to customers, you know, that that the whole telecommunications infrastructure was kind of turned on its head. Um, so I know myself, like my broadband connection here at home is normally very, very good. And it's it's going up and down like a yo-yo now because, you know, my neighbors are sitting at home, maybe streaming Netflix or whatever they're doing during their day. Um, and, that, and that usually wouldn't be the case. So, so the demands are very, very different on the services that support us in a home office. I don't know if you've noticed that. Yeah, I, I suppose we've noticed that a, a little bit. All right. Um, Joyce, you said we were a little bit ahead of the curve on on uh, what we did in relation to um, closing down the office and asking people to work from home. We actually closed the office uh, before you know the, the government request and before schools closed in Ireland um, by by a day or two. And I suppose we were we were tracking it for for a number of weeks as it as it I suppose began to uh, increase in Italy and in other European countries we were I suppose starting to plan we I suppose we formed a, a subcommittee um, 
that were you know constantly looking at at the best available advice that we could get and we we saw it coming so we were able to ask our ask our staff to do some work from home assessments to look at um, what what internet speed for example what the working conditions could be like when working from home so we were trying to get ahead of the ahead of the curve in that and trying to make sure that you know when the eventuality of a lockdown or a shutdown did did come to pass that you know we were prepared for it so we we did have a, a couple of weeks notice um where we were able to um you know we were able to maybe establish what what we could do and to start maybe thinking about some of the things that that we needed to do so for example even we got some we arranged to have some you know internet dongles for people who didn't have any broadband at home so we were able to organize those you know get them get them into the office and we were able then to distribute them out to people that needed them before before the shutdown came so we were able to to plan somewhat for it but yeah as you say you know we would notice i have noticed over the past couple of weeks that there is a definite um there's a, a definite i suppose um decrease in in internet speed in call quality you know um to the extent that even now going on on this call i've sent my kids outside to make sure that they're they're not on netflix and you know they're not watching youtube or anything that like so we just have to think about that and you know figure out how everybody else in the household i suppose is is um using the internet capacity at at peak times that that you know i can have it when i need it for work yeah yeah elijah would you be um would you be the same with your connection um yeah like i i'm lucky that i'm just on the outskirts of town so i've got uh, the gigabit broadband with um so so it rarely goes down speed wise or anything like that so i'm lucky that way um and obviously with communications um spearland have obviously set everyone up with the soft phones and all that side of things as well so um, kind of transition into working from home for me has been relatively easy in, in terms of the ability to do it. I, I guess like most people, the real struggle is that the lockdown itself and just not, not not even being able to get out properly in the evenings after your day's work that, that you're just kind of confined to the house most of the time. Um, but other than that, I, I'm, I'm finding that transition okay um i have a three-year-old running around as well so that is a bit of a distraction um but once he's occupied then i'm actually finding it quite productive as well so um yeah like it's it's one of those things that we're lucky to be in the industry we're in that it's kind of everything can be done over the internet um in my own role um a lot of it's done through email and phone calls so it, it's not like my work is affected by having to work from home. It's, it's just that lack of interaction with fellow colleagues and the lockdown in general, how that's affecting, I, I, well, I, I guess everyone on a kind of personal level. Um, but certainly, I, I think um, Coleman and Daniel, the system admin, have done a great job in ensuring everyone's got the tools to be able to work from home that they've got the hardware they need they've they've got access to soft phones and so on for communication and, and that kind of side of things so um we're lucky that we're in the position we're in to be, to be able to work from home and um continue some sort of uh, normality at, at this time uh yeah yeah 
A new Emer, how do you feel your internet provider is handling the extra load put on their networks? Yeah, you can see in oh, Monday yeah? mornings, you can see that delay, um, you know, with our, you can just, it takes a bit longer to get going. I suppose that's just every Monday with anyone. It takes a while to get going. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, but on general, it's good. Um I know there's been issues with a lot of people um trying to get broadband. Um I had to upgrade mine um when we did um get the initial lockdown because it just wasn't doing oh. enough. Um so I upgraded my line and oh, yeah. yeah. And thankfully uh, the broadband or um supplier came out and I literally just opened the door, walked away. They came in with their gloves, their masks. They upgraded my line and they said, thank you very much. And we closed the door. We had no contact. Oh, so it was good that they're still providing that because I wouldn't have been able to, um, I wouldn't have been able to, you know, survive, I think, on the broadband that I had. So I had to upgrade it. Yeah. Or they didn't know when they'd get a new modem in. Um, but thankfully, I got this. I ordered it, I think, on a Thursday and they were there on the Tuesday. So it wasn't a long waiting period. But no, I believe that there's probably uh, loads of people around the country struggling, you know, with internet and capacity. Do you know if your phone lines are working? Are your customers complaining of bad audio quality on your support lines? Spearline makes it easy to test your phone lines anywhere and anytime. To see how Spearline can help your business, head to Spearline.com. Now back to the conversation. Actually, Elijah, you, I mean, you're, you're responsible for all of our service providers that kind of bring um, the various networks from around the world into our infrastructure. Um, I, I've heard anecdotally that, you know, they are essential services in each of their countries, but they're, they're having some challenges, maybe accessing data centers to do kind of repair work and all of that. So do, do you feel that's impacting the world as we speak? Um, it, it seems to, to be certainly if we were looking to get any installations done, anything like that, it, it's, it's going to be a slower process. Like, like you said, a lot of the data centers have very strict restrictions in place in terms of access and different things like that. So um, I, I guess from what I'm seeing, there's definitely uh, things are just moving a bit slower. Um it, it, and a lot of it is down to access. Um, but f- for me, I, I guess what I'm finding as well is, is because obviously a lot of these businesses have their um, staff working from home as well, or th- th- their hours are cut down and, and whatever. Um, actually communicating with these companies is more difficult. They're stripping back their staff uh, and on all that side of things as well. And as you can imagine, their lines are going to be much busier. Uh, internet providers are going to be seeing obviously a, a spike in uh, usage and so on. So, um, yeah, I, I think from from what I'm seeing, it, it's just a general kind of um, it's, it's a strip back in terms of, um, I guess, not necessarily customer service, but the, the kind of uh, the next level up where you're dealing with kind of higher sales teams and that kind of side of it. And then when you actually need um, a technician or engineer to actually vi- visit a site for an installation or um, in the case of our existing um, s- solutions globally, if we want 
to have anything um, looked into that that involves an actual site visit that is um, proven a bit of a difficulty at the moment. But at, at the same time, because they are seen as essential services, it is there's availability for them to do it, but it's just slower because I, I guess they're cutting down um, those kind of operations as much as possible and focus on what is it's really essential in terms of uh, keeping their business uh, operational. Um, so, so I, I think, like you, you mentioned, um, your own problems with getting internet um, sorted out in, in your location. Um, it, it's just going to be a lot of delays with different things like that, I think. Um, and kind of uh, lead times being extended uh, and so on. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, th- I think it is just a case of um, them com- c- cutting down um, on what, what might be considered slightly unnecessary um, or c- certainly not priority kind of um, trips for, for, for their staff, I guess. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I suppose it's, it makes sense that they, we're all trying to restrict our movements and minimize what we do in a day. So for, for those types of um, businesses, the network providers, minimizing the number of service calls rather than send somebody to fix one particular problem, they, they, they wait and accumulate and, and justifiably go out and fix three problems at one go. Um, and, and I guess it suits us because I know you've built loads of redundancy into the um, systems that we have and the connections and we've got ample capacity to uh, to cope if it is reduced so you know fair play and i think as well we we need to be i suppose as a company as well be be conscious of that that we're not asking and uh, you know some of our providers and some of our partners you know maybe in especially some of the more highly affected areas you know that we're not asking them to go and make a any unnecessary journeys either so you know we have to be conscious of that as well that we're not you know, putting pressure on to get an installation done um, and, you know, maybe putting someone and, you know, their families and their colleagues, you know, at, at maybe unnecessary risk as well. So, you know, I suppose we just have to be, we have to be mindful of that, that, you know, we have some responsibility in relation to that as well. Last, uh, the last recording that we had, um, uh, Brendan was actually saying that lately with de- when dealing with um, our customers, that he's been he's been more as um empathetic nearly he's been like kind of like a support line for um the customers and stuff and to reassure rather than just kind of let's just do business it's become more of a personal angle and i think that's great really at this point that like it's, it's one of the highlights that everyone is kind of looking at um in this day and age because we really do need to like keep in contact and keep supporting each other and it isn't like putting pressure on one another really or anything else i don't think anyone wants that yeah, there's nothing like a, a shared experience to, to kind of build relationships. And and, exactly. and I'd say I'd say we're finding that with our customers and Elijah, you're finding that with our suppliers. And it's interesting that, that, that we're building stronger relationships in that way. And Emer, in your own estimation, what factors are there that you have seen from our customers in terms of the transition from the professional office environment to everybody working in a remote home office? Um, the main difference is, um, like a lot of our customers are experiencing obviously capacity issues and bandwidth issues. Um, so that is slowing down, um, you know, communication, um, which can, you know, lead to frustration with some people. Um, but again, I think because everyone is in this, in the same situation, um, we kind of just expect it and we learn to be a bit more patient. 
but yeah you know it can be a, it is a stressful time for people at that present um but um we kind of all lean together um to do the best that we can um whether it's you know um increasing um communication with a certain customers knock team whether it's on a tent like eight o'clock in the evening and they come on worried about some issue that you just have to deal with it um and yeah that's how I suppose businesses are surviving they just have to take the day as it is and you know not one not every day is going to be the same um so you just have to prepare for everything and um, do the best that you can. With the, with your customers, have you found that you've had um, either more or longer calls with them? Like like either video conference calls or just even like a normal phone call or anything like that? I wouldn't say longer, but I do think more frequent. Um, I think now instead of like before, if you know we'd have our normal catch-ups but now that everyone's just working from home, um, I think we're literally, instead of just pinging each other, we're kind of video um, calling um, and just kind of discussing issues. And it kind of just as well as for, um, I think, your own personal insanity as well is just literally when you're on a call discussing an issue, you can say, how are you getting on? You know, um, how are the family? Yeah. And it means that you can actually just talk to people as well, um, not just about work issues, but just to ensure, you know, you're making sure that their mental health is okay as well. The team that I'm in is from, um, focus is main focus is to look after our customers. And that means every single person inside of those organizations um, to ensure that they're all okay, regardless whether it's a work issue or even a personal issue. We're all there to help along. I think it's it, it probably is going to stick for a lot of businesses and a lot of businesses are going to find that maybe they had their doubts before this period, but now they're really confident that working from home does offer the business benefits and the individual employees benefits as well. I think what we're what we're seeing as well is, you know, our customers are reaching out to us for advice on on how to ensure work from home communications kind of support what they're trying to do. Historically, you know, we've been helping our customers to communicate with their customers, making sure that that audio channel kind of supports a really good conversation. But there's more of a realization now that actually businesses don't always exist in the same office. And even for us, Coleman, as you pointed out, you know, we've got colleagues in Waterford, we've got colleagues in Bucharest, we've got colleagues in, in Ahmedabad. And when we interact with those, that collaboration is also going to benefit from really good, clear communications so that we can have a conversation, we can do our screen sharing, the network supports everything that we want to do, the technology supports us working together in a very effective way. So it's it's taking us into a new space as well, beyond helping our customers to work with their customers, it's now helping our customers just to collaborate within their own teams um, so that they can do a better job with their own product set for their own customers' benefits. That is, it's taken us into interesting spaces, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, th I think as well, when this is all over and we're back to normal, that people are going to be having a look at things in the new light, like people who may have just been working one day a week at home or no, or, or been in the office every day, um, may consider, oh, you know what? I'm thinking back to when this whole crisis was happening. 
when the days when I was like stuck indoors every day, I was actually getting so much done. Um, so some of them might consider maybe working from home. It's it's great to see like how many companies that have to had to adapt to this lifestyle. I mean, like I know that we've already had this for ages already. Um, so we we were lucky in that sense that we were able to adapt it much quicker. Um, but I know for a fact that like a lot of people, a lot of my friends who are doing this, who are working from home, um, are saying that if they do, if when things are back to normal, if they do leave that up as an option now. They'll definitely consider it at least once a week. They wouldn't do it like five days a week or anything. Um, I don't think anyone wants to do five days a week after this. There, there are businesses that do have a a hundred percent kind of work from home model. They they don't have a traditional office space as such. Um, and I think more more of those businesses that do have the traditional office space are going to start to think, hey, there might be something in this kind of work from home. It does give the employees um, a little bit of time and space. Uh, in terms of quality of life, if they're particularly those who are doing large commutes, it does give the business access to a much wider pool of skills because they can they can throw their net wider. Definitely. Um, yeah. yeah, like I, I agree with you there about um about companies having to adapt and stuff. But I wonder um going forward now, um will more companies adapt this as kind of a full time measure? Do you know, will will they kind of say, Oh, we can do you know with costs and things like that in cities um expensive office buildings would this be a an option now to get people working more from home um you know even environmental impact and things like that it could it could drive companies to think you know we could save money this way too yeah, yeah. and and tell me Emer, i think you know we we think of our product and our our tool sets as helping our customers communicate with their customers you know most effectively but it seems like more and more in the last couple of weeks, we've seen the discussions turn to how can we help a business's employees collaborate together more effectively? So do, do you feel that, that businesses are starting to think we need to have a good environment, i.e. a good telecommunications infrastructure and a good communication channel so that people can, can work together even though they're not in the same spot? Is there more of an emphasis on that because of this? Yes, definitely. Um, like, as you said there, um, more companies are um, going to probably reconsider working from home. So I think um, not only does that um, collaborate with just how you communicate with your employees, but the fact that if you allow your um, employees to work more from home, you'll need to be able to have your communication um you know, up to scratch so that no matter if they're right beside you in the office or, you know, 30 miles down the road, they, you can still communicate, you can still get the job done. Um, and you need to ensure that your, um, communication is like your number one key, um, throughout your business, no matter if it's like just supplying, um, you know, conference to other, uh, other companies or other businesses, you know, you need to have that a hundred percent because your message will not um, get across clearly if it's not. Um, and that's where, um, you know, a business can fail is if they don't get their um, point across or they're able to communicate correctly, um, which is an essential part of a business. Yeah, very good. Coleman, Elijah, you're both parents. Actually, this is this is something that we really need to ask. Um, 
and your families and stuff. How how have they been coping? Yeah, I think it's a it's it's a mixture of the two. I've uh, two girls; they're uh, twelve and nine, and the nine year old will be ten in I think two weeks' time. So um, that that will be um, an interesting birthday party because she'll be disappointed that you know she she can't meet up with her friends, and. You know, they, they, they do miss school, they, they, they probably tell you otherwise, but they, they do miss it. But I think from the get-go, um, my eldest actually did out a schedule of, you know, the day broken down into 15-minute slots and what was what was going to happen. And, you know, there's a combination of schoolwork and outside time and um, play time and lunch breaks. So she was very organized about that. I don't know. I don't know where she gets that from, but um, she she figured all that out pretty quickly. So they kind of try to stick to that. If the weather's good, they go outside more. And, um, you know, if, if it's raining, then they'll they'll stay inside for those days, obviously. But um, so it's trying to get them, you know, to get the mixture of, uh, of everything um, you know so kind of to keep going with with some of the school work um, but you know to go out and enjoy it as well and not to put too much pressure on to you know um, do the do the maths homework every night because um, you know they have to they have to enjoy it um, they also I suppose it's you know they and they've embraced technology as well of course um, so they go off and set up zoom calls with their with their friends um, and um, uh, FaceTime and and everything. So they kind of keep in keep in contact with with their with their friends at school as well. Um, so you know it's just important just to, to that they keep that um, that contact up with with who you know we talk about keeping contact with their colleagues. You know their colleagues are their their friends in school. So um, the the kind of the they try and keep in contact with. Um, with as many people as they as they can using technology in the same way that that we are so it's helping them it's helping them as well to be able to do that and um, whereas you know previously they would have you know they probably would have been here on their own and maybe not seen what what everyone else is doing and i think as as we said before it does help that i suppose everybody's in the same in the same situation you know everybody's in the same boat so you know if they if it was them that were forced to stay at home when everybody else was was able to go out you know that that wouldn't be great for them but they they know that everybody else is in the same situation um so they they just kind of get on with it oh that's good that's good and like the and it's great to hear that their communication is just up and running constantly. Like that's that's fantastic to hear that they're doing Zoom calls. Yeah, and yeah, and they 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 love it. So it's um it's it's interesting because it's I suppose look it's the same things that you know that we've mentioned earlier on. I suppose that that sort of need for the sort of um, social connection. So yeah, so they're able to go and do their their schoolwork. They're outside now practicing their football. So they're able to do all that. But again, it's it's just good that they are able to, you know, chat to still chat to their friends and talk through maybe what they've done for the day and get some ideas of, you know, what they're doing and then they can take that and and run with it as well. So um yeah, it's it's technology I think is 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 good for all ages. Yeah, and and for 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 me, what I guess I'm seeing with um, my th- three year old is uh, certainly at the start, it was kind of um, he he just didn't understand what was going on. All of a sudden, he wasn't allowed in shops. It, it was just my wife going in while we waited in the car or something like that. Um, 
all of a sudden he wasn't going to play school and he was going twice a week. Um, he, he's obviously loving the fact um, we're both at home. Um, that's obviously something he's really enjoying. But um, like it, it's the, the, the rest of the family that um, he's used to seeing that he's probably struggling with it at the moment is because um, with both of us working, he was spending three plus days a week with grandparents um, ha- having sleepovers and stuff every week as well. So he- he's missing out on, on all that. Um, so so that, that kind of thing, I-, I-, I guess he's because of his age, he's struggling to understand why. Um, like we- we've missed out on, I, I know the-, the usual kind of birthdays and different things like that. Easter's obviously going to be um, j- just the three of us uh, as well. Um, and and it's not like our family live far away. Um, like my mum's in Union Hall. Uh, my wife's family's just out the, the, the car road, not too far outside Skibreen. But because of the, the lockdown and everything, basically we haven't really seen each other. So um, obviously then it's a, every evening or whatever, we're on the phone and we, we can do a video call or, or whatever. So that's uh, a, a kind of um, the only way really he, he gets to see them at, at the moment so that's that side of things is, is the kind of um, what's having most effect on him really um, like he, he wasn't a kind of in primary school yet or anything like that so it, it's not like he's missing out on the, the education side of things or anything like that um, but but again he, he was just getting into going into play school two days a week so he, he's missing out on that interaction with other kids which obviously at his age is quite important as well so um yeah like we we are we're finding it more of a struggle than him probably but just because we, we've got him all day all day but um i think the biggest thing for him and, and the biggest kind of shock to the system was all of a sudden he wasn't allowed to go visit his grandparents um he, he's not allowed to go out really to go out and play outside or um he's not even allowed in the shops and when when that kind of first came into effect where they were kind of okay keep your kids out kind of thing um yeah he he just couldn't understand it for for obvious reasons so um i i think he's getting more used to it now um but yeah, definitely uh, once the kind of lockdown's over and we can kind of uh, visit family again and stuff like that, it, it would be obviously a lot better um, because that, that's been a massive thing, not even being able to send him off for the, for the day with, with his grandparents or something like that. Um, and obviously it, it's affecting them greatly as well. That They must be missing him a, a huge amount. So um, yeah, like I, I think when it comes to kids they're probably adapting okay it's, it's probably those who especially grandparents that are kind of missing out on that at the moment that are, that are probably affected a lot more um certainly i've seen that in my family anyway it's kind of um like mother's day it was kind of drop something off at my mom's place and kind of get away kind of thing without any proper interaction so it's been very strange that side of things and trying to explain it to a three-year-old is is a challenge certainly you know i I think on the parenting side um you know previously a a lot of us might have just kind of turned a blind eye or possibly a respectful eye and said you know i don't need to know about you know what goes on in your your personal life or whatever but now I see a lot of, of people at all levels, you know, and, and the kids are running around in the background and there's a very healthy 
recognition that that the children are there, the pets are there. Um, you know, it could be that the grandparents are there if there's, you know, parents who are in care in the same household. So it's it's kind of refreshing actually to see that we're all there, and whatever chaos we have at home is is kind of the chaos that is in us, whether we're, you know, wearing a suit in the office or, you know, wearing our pajama bottoms at the the home <laughs> office desk. So yeah. It's kind of good, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, like say, um, my two and a half year old now he comes into our weekly morning meetings just to say morning to everyone, um, and they all expect <laughs> um him to be there, um. So yeah, people just need to work around their situations. They just need to try do as much as they can. Um, everybody's obviously in the same boat, so everyone just needs to. Just realize, yes, I could have a dishwasher or a door banging or a child screaming on a conference call. And it just needs to be accepted um, in these times. Um, but yeah, it's it's lovely to see um, that kids are still running around and the sunshine is helping drastically as well. Because I don't know how yeah. people would entertain children inside if it was pouring rain. Um but yeah, uh, a lot of books, puzzles, all that to try keep them entertained as well. Um, but yeah, it's refreshing to see that we can actually do it. Um, you know, before it was like, can you really work from home with kids running around? And I think when people just have to get thrown in the deep end, they just have to do it. Yeah. Yeah, and it, and it does work. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like myself, you know, some days he'll be great and he'll entertain himself. Other days he really wants mom to sit and do a puzzle with him and you just have to go with it. Fair enough, you might have to catch up a couple hours in the evening when they're gone to bed. But, you know, you just have to take it day by day and that's just the way it is. Yeah, that, that was some really good stuff, Emer. Thank you. Yeah, I thought it was a great chat. Um, you had some, some great insights and stuff to to share. So that was great. Yeah, thanks for coming on, guys. I really appreciate that. Uh, no, no problem, guys. It, it was a, a nice chat. Yeah, great to catch up. Right. Well, thanks again to everyone who came onto the show today: uh, Coleman, Elijah, Emer. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Spearline Podcast. Uh, be sure to like, subscribe, and share on social media. We're on um, multiple different platforms, so pick your favorite. And uh, stay tuned for more. We're, we're going to be having another episode coming next month. Um, and fingers crossed, we might actually be recording back in studio. So who knows? Stay tuned for more of the Spearline podcast. Spearline proactively monitors phone numbers for audio quality and connectivity globally. Our platform enables enterprises and telecommunications service providers to test connectivity and quality on global telecoms networks, testing automatically at volume. If you would like to find out more about how Spearline can help you, please contact us at spearline.com. And for more insights and in-depth interviews like these, you can subscribe to the Spearline podcast channel and don't forget to check out spearline.com, where you can find all of our latest articles, white papers and much more. Until next time, and thank you for listening to The Spearline Podcast. Here we go.